Welcome everyone to this week's part in the disruption. We are excited that you are tuning in. Mr. Disruptor, Steve Trang over here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I am being personally attacked on PTD. Please subscribe so to defend my name because I am being assaulted verbally. Angry RJ Bates the third today. Potter chose violence in the group chat before. <laughs> I don't understand why. Mr. Question Mark over there, CJ. If you want to be Michael Jordan, you want to be legendary, man, come to the U, man. What's this? <laughs> Leon, do not forget the G Barnes. I heard that we had rules on this show. Since when? Is that <laughs> new show, new year? We have rules now? I'm excited for this. Leon, you need to, you need to read the dynasty. I actually have. Then I, you need to read it again and actually try to comment. <laughs> yeah. Do not listen to RJ. It is not Please, please do not listen to RJ. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank you for uh, joining us here on Pardon the Disruption. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to this week's episode of Pardon the Disruption. I'm your intern host for this week, um, Aaron. I'm filling in for Matthew, who is out right now, and RJ, who's having some internet problems. So we have a full cast here today, though. Full guys ready. About three of them, because Steve's not going to win. So we have three guys ready to win today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go ahead and show you the rules of how we get into things here. Um, we have five pre-selected questions, one real estate, one sports, one viral question, one viral video and a trending one. We also will we also will have panels to have 60 seconds to argue their viewpoints. After that, they'll have two-minute open debate. Points are awarded on the panels with the best arguments, or if your name is not Steve. Um, most points at the end of each question will be the winner of today's show. So let's go ahead and get into our contestants today. So first we have Mr. Steve Trang himself. What's, uh, what's going on, everybody? Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors, Close More Sales. Uh, we are hiring. If you're a salesperson, disruptorsjobs.com, we need people. We have such high demand, and the, the biggest thing we need are salespeople. Looking forward to today. We got Captain America. Last time he was here, he said some crazy stuff, so I'm looking forward to uh, dealing with him directly face-to-face. Uh, -face. We got Stratton here. We dug deep into the bench. He's still the only one we can get. And then we got Leon here, and I'm looking forward to a friendly conversation today before we shut him down in San Diego on the courts. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful steve um we're all looking forward to seeing your jump shot in san diego so leon go ahead and introduce yourself what's up everyone leon g barnes here with the collective genius uh i am looking forward to next week's uh, uh meeting in san diego uh i have uh all of these excuses that people make up if we can't get an indoor court my jump shot on the double rims doesn't work as well so I've got to find an indoor court for Mr. Steve Train. So uh, we're working on that. Uh, we're looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward. We, we're talking about going to California, and we got half the panel from California today. Excited for both of these guys. Yes, 100%. I actually agree with Steve there. Indoor courts is way better. So I, I get you there. First, next, we have Trump's biggest supporter, Stratton Brown. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad I got to come on because RJ couldn't pay his goddamn internet bill. Who knows what happened? All those closing <laughs> bills are fake, obviously, or else he'd be able to pay for the Wi-Fi. I'm just letting him know. He'll see this eventually. He'll give me a call. But my name's Stratton Brown. I am not a California resident. I'm a resident of the great state of Utah, to be clear. Thank you, Leon. And we own virtualhelp.io and some storage facilities. If you guys need virtual assistance in your company, Send me a DM on Instagram at stratdaddy or go to virtualhelp.io.com. Thank you, Stratton. 
Last but not least, we have the other football on the panelists today. Dean Rogers, please introduce yourself. What's up, guys? Dean Rogers. I'm the guy they bring on when Steve Trang wants to be around other athletes. <laughs> um, second time on here returning. Uh, you guys can always connect with me, DeanRogers.com, coaching students how to wholesale houses. Uh, wholesaling houses and flipping houses is what I do all day, every day in Central California, as well as uh, building my rental portfolio. So good to be back here and uh, chop it up with you guys. 100%. Ready to get into our first question. So with Virginia, Virginia passed a new regulation requiring people to obtain a real estate license to wholesale. What do you make of the new wholesale law passed in Virginia? Steve, start us off. Well, it's not a surprise. We knew this was coming down the pike, right? Um, I don't really know how being licensed helps the homeowner, really, right? Uh, but this is something that's going to be happening. It's going to be happening a lot more often. There's a reason why we talked about uh, the importance of either A, raising capital so that you can close on these yourself, or B, double closing, or C, we talk about the installment method, right? A way to take uh, title to a property uh, using seller financing so that you can wholesale it uh, on the MLS. Um, I think it's going to eliminate some people, but not a lot, because as investors, our number one skill is solving problems. This will not deter a highly competent real estate investor. 100%. Leon, please give us your thoughts on this. Yeah, Steve is right. We've talked about this many a time, been warning uh, those that are in states that uh, do not have regulations in regards to wholesaling that buckle up. It's coming your way. And Virginia is just the next state to fall in line. We know that this comes from the Realtors Association not being able to to get their commissions. And that's ultimately what this Virginia law that's passed is going to, to do is get more licensed individuals in that state and ultimately put more commission uh, into the realtors associations of, of those cities and of those states of Virginia. The one interesting thing I did find with this particular law that I don't, I don't remember reading on any of the other new laws is that you have to be, if you're buying with an LLC and you're looking to assign a contract, you have to have everyone that is a partner on that LLC, they have to be licensed. And so that's something that even though we always are looking for workarounds, they're getting smarter when writing these laws. 100%. That's actually pretty interesting. Uh, Stratton, go ahead. Next point. If we don't regulate ourselves, we will get regulated by the government is one thing that I think is very, very clear. Well said. You saw it with what Coinbase was trying to do, get out of hand. They were coming after Coinbase hard. Coinbase was trying to be like the best operators. And they still, honestly, they should probably leave the U.S. and operate somewhere else. But this is not going to stop anything, in my personal opinion. All that's going to happen is that people will get licensed. It doesn't really do anything. And then transactional funding will become huge. It's a free market anyways. The free market will always find a way to have a workaround of some other type of thing. I thought what Jerry Norton was trying to do was a really good idea. I know him and Zach Ginn kind of got into it, but it is the only real way you got to have some type of regulatory body or some type of educational body, or you start to see what's been happening with sub two with a bunch of dipshits running around thinking every deal is a sub two or locking up really, really high wholesale deals, making really big promises to people who need the money plan on these things and end up falling out is what I personally think of, of why regulation would come. 
But then, and like Leon said, it is because of the boomers in NAR who just want their money and to get paid. Thank you, Dion. Oh, Dion, my gosh. Dean, my apologies. Go ahead. <laughs> am, I, am I looking tan today or something? Nah, nah, today. nah. I don't, my fault. <laughs> or Dion, I'm Dion, you know? Let's go, uh, Prime my Time. brothers I used to play with in uh, junior high on my traveling basketball team used to call me Dion sometimes just for fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, wholesaling is something that's taught in class. If you're looking to get your real estate license, it's, it's actually taught. So there's nothing wrong with wholesaling. The problem is, is the people that do bad business, they're the ones that create the lawsuits. They're the ones that create the new regulations, right? That's how all that comes together. So for me, if a license is required, that's just part of the deal. It's not too different than many other professionals that are dealing with assets that are de dealing with money. So I wouldn't be too surprised about it, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like regulation. I don't like oversight, especially if it's the government to Stratton's point. Let's, let's keep them out of it. They'll, they'll mess it all up. So I'm not concerned about it. So the one thing I, I don't like about the, the licensing requirement is that we're going to, if you look at the, you know, the people that wholesale, generally speaking, these are the people that are disenfranchised, right? These are people that either a schooling didn't work out for them. The nine to five didn't work out for them or they just don't have a very high trust in society, right? It is what it is. If you acquire licensing, then you require people to pass background checks. And then the question is, should we require someone to pass background checks to be able to wholesale? My biggest fear is that there are a lot of people that turn their lives around that have questionable backgrounds, right? They made some bad decisions at a previous point in their life and they cannot get licensed because they can't get licensed now, they're not allowed to wholesale. Now, there's options. You can go wholesale in other states. But if this becomes true in all 50 states, that's my biggest fear. We're going to be eliminating a group of people that have turned their lives around. I don't think that'll even be the case because I see transactional funding kind of being the thing that just solves it all to where everything now becomes a double close. And this is just the way the deals are done. And you bake that into your fees and everything mm -hmm. else you're doing when you're running your numbers. And that's the way so then, franchise. So then let's so then let's look at that, right? This is why I hate regulation. Okay, so now we bring in transactional funding. Now we got to price it into our offer. Now who loses? The freaking homeowner. Yeah. The homeowner we're trying to protect. Now we have to pay them less. Now they're walking away with less money. So every time we try to fix anything, just screw more people. It's not my problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> one other point on this, and I this is where RJ would have good insight on this because he wholesales in, in, in multiple cities, multiple states, right? Um, 50 states, in fact, he tells us quite often. Um, <laughs> if you're buying in Virginia and you're RJ, what's your solution? I, my, my guess is he would say that he's going to take down the deal and double close. But for those out there that are looking at adding the secondary market or tertiary market, you know, make sure you know the laws of that state. Because in Virginia, you can no longer wholesale officially in that state. No, I think that it was two deals in 12 months. You couldn't, couldn't do more than two in that particular state uh, unless you had a license or you took the deal down. What I mean, that's why we don't go to attorney states. Like New York sounds terrifying of having to do a deal and you have this attorney just like blowing it up. I would bet one in five deals gets blown up. Greg Helbeck would know a little bit more than I would. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like is like you got an attorney 
some random Joe Schmo is like, no, we're not doing it. And there could be massive conflicts of interest by using an attorney. Where there's a will, there's a way. So for me, Steve's point earlier, uh, if it weed, weeds people out and makes it harder for people, uh, you know, go go find a partner, go go be a deal finder, go work for somebody that's going to give you access to that opportunity still and find a way. I think one of the best things about being an entrepreneur is being resourceful. So there's regulation, there's new obstacles. We'll just find a way around it. What Dean just gave you great advice. Uh, I know a lot of big time agents um, that have uh, real estate retail teams that are looking to add an investment arm and guess what they have? They have a brokerage license and they could really use a partner to head up their investment division. So if you're in Virginia and you're not sure what to do, I would befriend a broker as soon as you possibly could. Yep. And just one more plug for installmentmethod.com. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Wonderful round there, guys. Uh, as someone that's not in real estate, that was very informative. And honestly, it sounds like you just need to find a way around it if there's going to be regulations and Honestly, just learn what's going on. And on to the next question. With new allegations claiming that Diddy secretly recorded artists unknowingly off guard for blackmail purposes, how do you handle a blackmail situation inside your business if two employees are trying to blackmail each other? Let's start with Dean on this one. I plead the fifth, as the Dave Spell <laughs> would say. Uh, hey, if you got a video of yourself, it's kind of hard to plead the fifth. So my advice is... Uh, just don't do stuff that's going to get you in trouble. Just be a good person. Do the right thing. Be a good person. Don't have to worry about getting recorded. Uh, man, I, I've had too many behind-the-scene backstage conversations where the person that was on stage is not the same person behind mm -hmm. stage. And what? Uh, it's, it's disheartening. Um, you know, being in the locker room with some of these NFL guys, you see them on TV – uh, they're the superstar with the family. And then they're talking about being at the club with the girls and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, uh, didn't, didn't know about that, but, uh, I guess that's how it is. So, you know, that kind of stuff happens. And for me, I'm just going to be who I am and try to avoid, uh, try to avoid that kind of stuff. Okay. Great answer. Just be a good person. You won't get in trouble. I think that is what all our parents taught us. Steve, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we find out that one person is blackmailing another person, uh, we're for sure we're firing the person that's blackmailing, right? For sure, like that's clearly not a good culture fit. Uh, you're, you're I don't, I can't think of a, a a better way to let everyone know you're a toxic human being. Uh, so I think that's the first thing. And the second thing, the person that's being blackmailed, well, we're gonna figure out what are you being blackmailed for? Is this something that you know is a violation that we need to remove you, or is this a situation where we're like, okay, like. That was dumb. Don't do it again. So I think that's what we would look at. Um, and I think like, what was it? Uh, was it D'Angelo Russell who was saying those stupid things in the Lakers locker room that got him traded? Oh, bro, that was yeah. tell on folks. Yeah, tell on folks. Yeah, he was doing all the wrong things. Yeah, so definitely we would do. We would give our employee the D'Angelo Russell treatment. We would get rid of him. That's for sure what we would do. No snitches in Steve's office. Got you. 100%. I'll take note of that. Uh, Leon, please come next. Well, first, I, I learned something new today. I had no idea that people on the main stage of any given any presentation was not the real pe person who they are. I, I never <laughs> would have imagined that. What? 
people on the main stage are not, that's not really who they are, would have never guessed. Second, I would hope that I would never, man, this is, this is a tough one. I would hope that I would never have this situation. And by the way, since I'm the oldest person in Strat, Strat, Stratton calls me the, the boomer of the, of the group, Gen X, by the way, um, I have no clue what's going on with this whole Diddy thing and don't care, frankly. Um, but when it comes to my own team, I'm always going to do, you know, fact finding, right? You got to, <laughs> this is, this is going to require a full investigation um, because there's always a, he said, she said, uh, obviously if there's a video involved, there's, there's evidence. Uh, I got to get both sides of this. And clearly if there are any core value violations then in, then one or both or more have to go, that's just as simple as that, no matter where they are, within the org chart, if there's a core value violation, they got to go. 100%. I agree with that one. Uh, Stratton, go ahead, lead us off. At first, my first thing that came to my mind was like, man, fire fucking both of them. I don't got time for this bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, like, if you don't know each other, like we're culturally, it's not a good fit. And whenever I've dealt with employees who have like really serious issues, and this happens a lot, I primarily only handle women for whatever reason. Women are very catty, right? They, Leon was saying this the other day, and I had two heads of two different departments just going at it, coming to me, telling me like, hey, this person's doing that, this person's doing that. I got on a Zoom call with both of them. I said, you two do not like each other. I could give two fucks less. You two need to figure this out, talk about it, and then we can go from there. If we continue to have problems, we're probably going to have to move on from both of you so we can move our culture forward. If not, and you guys can figure it out, awesome. And then as far as getting blackmailed yourself, I am one who says outlandish things in public, so I cannot get in trouble for those things. Everybody <laughs> knows who Captain Brown is. And it is very, very evident and very clear that I am who I say I am. And it's made my life a lot easier because someone can say, oh, he said this. No one's going to be like amazed. Like, yeah, that's probably right. It sounds like an RJ Bates answer. I am who I am. <laughs> Did everyone already go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to be clear. Nobody knows who Stratton is. I don't know why he would say everyone knows who Stratton is. I, mean, I just want to put that out there. I'll be crystal clear. Nobody knows who Stratton is. Um, but isn't it crazy? These allegations. Um, I mean, I'm reading and I shouldn't be reading these things, right? Like Meek Mill, Usher. It's really insane outlandish. This is a guy. I mean, P. Well, Diddy is basically becoming the next Epstein, right? Like I thought. I saw some headline. I didn't click on it. It was like, you know, P. Diddy is just like Weinstein. You but then you read more about it. Like, no, he's more like Epstein. You he is. He, yeah, he's doing CIA uh, psyops where he's just spying on people, blackmailing people and getting them to do whatever. Wow. Whatever he wants them to do. It's um, I can't remember which video I saw a long, long time ago. Right. But one of the bodyguards for Diddy is like, did I just hear Diddy say that if I have to kill Biggie, I will. And it's like, well, now you watched all this stuff. It's this insane. sounds like, Steve, this sounds like, this is unlike you. I can't see you going down this internet troll hole that you've gone down into and kept you away from all the goals that you have in your business. This, this is, is this a distraction for you, Steve? It's 100% a distraction. But look, <laughs> I am a professional and I wanted to be prepared for PTD. <laughs> so I did my research. This is 100%. Steve's question and right down his alley. He loves it. Me and Steve have some great conversations. That's how I know 
This is right oh. down Steve's alley. Oh, for sure, for sure. Strat has been trying to blackmail people forever, and I've been coaching him, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's trying to give me some information, some dirt on Dean, like how do we leverage this? Right, and we can't figure it out because he's squeaky clean, Captain America over oh, here. But we're we're, we're trying. Captain America, Captain that's why America man. There's nothing on it. When when Stratton said man. when Stratton said earlier, he said that uh, in the past he you know he would have just said get rid of get rid of him without doing any type of investigation. That's because that's that's what you would have been if you're a young business owner, right? In time, you realize that the the initial things that you hear are not always true. So you take the time and see there is an advantage to being older. It doesn't mean that you can get up and down the court the same way you used to be able to, <laughs> but you're wiser up here. So you got to use this. Yeah. I think this yeah. goes back to uh, just the culture that you have as, as a company, you, you got to see this ahead. If you're hiring the right people, they're fitting into your culture and you should eliminate this kind of drama from the get go. So, um, I think that if you're finding drama like this, you just didn't do a good enough job up front uh, screening that person. Well, so yeah, to, to, to echo Stratton's point, I personally love drama as long as it doesn't involve anyone I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for TV, right? So like when you see this stuff pop up here and there, it's like, it's entertaining, right? Real life drama, it's entertaining. 100%. Steve just admitted to watching the Real House, Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> no, so I don't watch TV. I like to watch real <laughs> drama. drama, right? Like Stratton's sending me stuff, and we laugh about it. Like little, we giggle about it like little schoolgirls. It's good Yo. times. Oh man, I, I need to figure out a way to like talk about that in public. I just don't know if I want to bring that type of energy into my life. <laughs> like I need to, just because it's such nonsense. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be the upsell, right? Like. After after the live feed ends, if you want to hear the real backstories backstage, then that's the upsell. All right. Um, first of all, Steve, I don't know what you do in your free time now. I'm worried. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you know all this about the Diddy situation, you almost know more than me, is kind of a little weird, but that's what I You're the one educating me yesterday. I did. I told you, but I told you about <laughs> the Usher in um, uh, Meek Mill part, but you, I feel like you went and learned more, so. I don't know. Gave Steve a whole 30-minute presentation. <laughs> he asked me the question about what, what was happening. I told him Our my point. rundown, what I understood. That's going to be my CG presentation next week, by the way. Yes, yes. you got to have at least <laughs> one slide with this uh, <laughs> presentation next week. I hope he does not. <laughs> Only I will laugh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, going on to our viral video this week. Uh, go ahead and run the video. Four on the inbound. It's picked, and the party is done. And with the Filipowski is being helped off by members of the Duke staff, and you saw surrounding him as this court storming is in full effect. Okay, so with with March Madness coming up, um, we all know college is very big right now. Duke star Kyle Fabliski get was got hurt by getting stormed on the court by uh, Wake Forest after their loss to them. Should the NCAA ban fan storming from the court, or does it take away from the college sports atmosphere? Steve, we're going to start with you. No, I, I don't think they should ban it. I think it's, a, it's an insane idea to ban it. This is part of what's fun about college sports. It's also one of the reasons why I don't watch college sports. But as part of the fun is like you get all the students section, and they're jacked up and excited. I think all they need to do 
is just have security just hold the line for a minute. Let the players get off the court and then storm the court. Don't remove the fun part. This is like, remember when the Rams are going crazy and they're getting penalized in the end zone for celebrating? Like, don't remove the fun part of the game. Just add a little bit, just use your brain a little bit more and add a little bit of safety. To be fair, when I went, when I was choosing colleges, that's one of the things I actually always wanted to do. So I, I can agree with you there. <laughs> Leon? Well, they can't uh, ban it because most schools don't have the resources um, to implement some of the solutions that have been presented. First and foremost, um, you know, from a solution standpoint, I don't think that most universities, mid-majors, because where does this happen the most? It happens at tournament time where mid-majors get into the NCAA tournament for the first time in 16, 20 years, what have you. And so it's part of the college experience. So I, I do think that this is the simple solution. If you have, to Steve's point, but just a little bit more, where you have a specific, especially during times where you know there may be an upset, where you have a specific security detail that grants safe passage for the opposing team. That's it. Simple as that. In that particular video, if you watch, if there was a security group that, that eight to ten people, if they just grabbed and went around all of the Duke players, then that doesn't happen. I think that's a simple and easy solution even for the smallest schools. I like that. Stratton, what do you have on this? The only people who want to ban this are old Watts and Boomers <laughs> and those quarterback QBs in the comments, if you think about it. Like, those are the only people who want to do it because college basketball is unbearable to watch. The only thing that is good about it is the fact that there's all that emotion and stuff where people do rush the court. Besides that, like, who watches college basketball? It's like watching Steve Trang and Leon G. Barnes play football basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's zero athleticism. There's no star power. Nobody's getting dumped on. Like, it is beyond me that people still watch this shit. And then now you want to take out the best part? That's crazy. I think what Leon proposed of just just like college football, when the coaches run out to do a handshake, there's a cop right there. And nothing's ever happened because, you know, that, that dude's there, and you'll probably get messed up if you run up on Nick Saban. But that is probably your best possible solution and for people saying the NCAA should do something, within the next three to five years, the NCAA is going to be bankrupt because all the schools are going to leave. There's not going to be anybody there. They're not going to have any regulatory power anyways. Man, college basketball needs this if it wants to stay relevant. Because the only time people even start to watch it is during this time when those are high. Uh, 100%. I'm only watching college because of this. Watching Steve and Leon play college basketball probably be the funniest thing. Uh, mainly Steve. <laughs> Dean, go ahead. So I, I think of this in terms of like playing basketball, pick up basketball with people that aren't good. I just, I don't want to do it because usually there are people that don't have control of their bodies. They go extra hard. People get hurt. So when people are storming the court and they're rushing in tight quarters, you can see that one girl that ran into to the player and like flew to the ground, got blasted. You know, it just sucks. It just sucks that it happened. Because this is one of the best parts of college sports. To play at a place like that, you, it's not even like that in, in the professional level, you know. So uh, it's the highlight. Um, when you go to a school that has passion like that, that's why you went. You went for the experience. So uh, I think if they get rid of it, it takes it gets rid of the atmosphere. 
it's nothing like uh, like it would be. And, and Stratton's right. Watching college basketball sucks. No one's scoring. They score like 50 points. Uh, it's it's not too exciting except for that. So if I could just illustrate something, if you could just imagine a bunch of old people, right? Like 40 plus playing pickup basketball and you invite your friend Stratton to play because he's supposed to be an athlete. And the one time he plays with you, he breaks his ankle. And this guy's questioning our athleticism. This guy couldn't even keep up with a bunch of 40 plus old dudes. Steve jumps like this. It's safe. It's safe. We're not breaking ankles over here. That is safe. That is very, so, very safe. Well, he can pass the ball very well. He's got that like old man jog with like no down. He's gonna get that midi shot in, and then he's just gonna get another old man shuffle if it's not a fast break. And that and that's how it goes. Yeah, but we're safe. The other thing too is I want to look at the uh, the the proposal, the solution. They're saying we should ban this, right? If you listen to that video, the guy's like, "We should ban this. This is terrible." And that is the classic example of changing things to fix things that ends up ruining things, right? Like we talked about where it's the first question, regulation. So in, like to, to Stratton's point about college football, you know, you have a security detail and it's generally local uh, cops, sheriffs, what have you. You always have a security detail for the important people on a college uh, football field. Uh, this has only happened where injuries have occurred. There's twice this year with Caitlin Clark it happened. Um, but in the past, how many times have we heard about an injury? You know what? I do say this, though. There is one change. Um, the kids that are running onto the courts these days are not going onto the court just to jump up and down like they used to and get on a sports center moment. Now this has come into play, right? They're recording themselves on TikTok or what have you. And they're not watching where they're going and they're just running uh, onto the court. And so I'm not saying ban it by any means. That's a college experience. But because of this device, we've now gotten into a point where you got just kids running onto the court. You've got to make some adjustments. And that would be as simple as a security detail for the opposing team. Okay. Yep. Simple, elegant solutions. Add security, give time. That's it. This idea of canceling it is just a ridiculous over overreaction. We're, we're cancel culture, right? Fire this person. Uh, get rid of this and get rid of that. That that sells. Well, doesn't sell newspapers anymore, but it gets clicks, right? I kind of agree. I think the men's game really needs this because the men's basketball is terrible. Everyone's just watching Kate's on Clark now. So men's basketball needs something. If they get rid of this, I don't know what they're going to watch. Um, before we go into our next question, let's get a word from our sponsor, Pat. The world is changing. So is the world of business. It's never been easier to get your message out to the entire planet. Let me help you crack the code today. My name is Pat Hilton. My social media agency can produce you the same custom digital content that landed me on stage at the biggest business events in the world. I've rocked the roof off with the best digital marketers in the game. Getting social media content filmed and produced for your business is now as easy as ordering a cup of coffee and hopping on a video call with your friend. 
We find trending topics in your niche, coach you through recording in the comfort of your home or office, create engaging clips and graphics, then upload them online and manage all your social media pages. Bring your brand to life. Contact Acoustic Force Media today. Acoustic Force Media for all the work you do behind the scenes for PTD, making everyone look great. Um, now we're going on to our sports question of the week. With the NBA seemingly trying to find a way to make the game more balanced as far as scoring and defense of the game, what is one way you would improve the NBA? We're going to start with you, Shredden. This is going to be a hot take. No more guaranteed money. I think it's kind of ruined the basketball game because you got like Jordan Poole making $130 million a year and he's absolutely trash. Right? You need to have dudes out there who are dogs who are ready to murder to win a game to where now everybody's fat and happy. And so like there's no Mamba mentality. There's no Jordan mentality. You don't see that in the sport of basketball anymore of guys who are really willing to risk it all. I think there needs to be less games on top of that because it's almost like college basketball to where regular season's unbearable. I turned it on the other day because there's like L.A. versus another like the Warriors. And Kalani's like, why are we watching this? This is dumb. And she's a basketball fan. She's like, it doesn't matter until the playoffs. The playoffs are when you really start to watch NBA basketball. And then I think if you really want to like catch up the NFL, the one thing the NFL has done amazingly is they are integrated into the American culture. To watch football is to be American. And so we'd have to find if they really want to step it up to the next level, they got to kind of take a note from them. But I think it needs to be more killers on the on the court, less games, and then there should be a mandatory amount of games played in order to win any type of award that goes into like your pedigree of being able to get in the Hall of Fame. I'll take it from a football guy to tell basketball players they do not need guaranteed money. That uh, sounds like a football guy. <laughs> Dean, go ahead. So here's the truth. Scoring sells tickets, right? And this is a money-driven sport. Every professional sport is money-driven. So the reason you have the LeBron jersey, the Kobe jersey, the, the Jordan jersey, because they were scorers. They might have been good at defense too, and all three of them are, but they score. So that goes for any sport. You look at the NFL, they're protecting the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, trying trying to protect them as much as they can. So scoring sells tickets. If you want to balance the game, if we're talking about less scoring, more defense, you got to stop calling these weak-ass fouls. I mean, bring back the refs that we had when there was Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Shaq. Like, they were fouling the hell out of people and, and throwing forearms and letting them play the game. So if you want to have these ticky-tack fouls, then you're going to have a lot more scoring, a lot of people backing up off of defense. But uh, if you want some tough D, you got to bring back tougher baskets and – that's going to make people work harder for uh, for those baskets. I feel like I entered the old head conversation of basketball today. Steve, go ahead. You're next. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot different. So I think the, the big thing is just consistent officiating. You know, I feel like the, the thing that draws – the thing that's most frustrating watching the game is inconsistent officiating, right? Um, I, I'm going to hurt our resident Lakers fan here. Uh, but the Lakers get more calls, right? Like the big – City teams just get more calls because it's a business. So I think if they have more consistent officiating, I think that'd be interesting. I still can't today figure out what the hell is a take foul and what's not because obvious take fouls aren't take fouls. And then 
what are not take files are called take files. Um, I think there should be a time limit on, on reviews, just kind of like the NFL, right? If you can't figure it out in 30 seconds, move on. This two minute review thing is aggravating. I think there should be two reviews because how much the officiating sucks. Um, I think we should have, uh, they should actually call hand checking, right? Drew Holiday can basically butt hunt, uh, butt hump you the entire court. You don't call that foul, right? Like you should be able to like, leaning on a player should be a foul. It used to be a foul. Uh, and then the other thing, the last thing is stop calling bailout fouls, right? Like Giannis running full speed and throwing the ball up and then calling a touch foul. That's not basketball. So you got to call fouls when they actually were trying to score versus initiating a bunch of contact and then throwing it up and calling a foul. So that was my list. Uh, I like all your lists except for one of them. Uh, Leon? I think everyone uh, gave some great points here. I personally think that the game is in a good spot. Um, you look at all the young stars um, in the NBA right now, having a 12-year-old son that's a huge NBA fan. You know, there was a time there where we didn't have all these young stars scoring to Dean's point at the level that they are. And they're fans of players more so than they ever have been um, and more so of t than teams, right? The other part of this that I do like about the NBA that I think they've done well is you've got non-traditional powers actually winning championships. Milwaukee, Toronto, Denver. That's exciting for, for the league. Um, if if I did make some changes, it would be to some of these violations and some of the, 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 the officiating. I would clean that up as much as possible. I think the biggest thing for me as a, as a guy that coaches youth basketball is – We've got to hold uh, NBA players, professional basketball players, the best in the world. We have to hold them accountable to the same violations that we are holding our kids accountable to. If I talk to a kid at night and he says, hey, I can do this move because I saw Steph Curry do it last night. I'm like, no, that's a violation. You can't do that. Bring back caring in the NBA. I'm with you, Leon. He hasn't got your rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would go, I would say the other thing too, is if we had the NBA, it would be interesting if, they change the 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 way the players come up to be as passionate as they do uh, as they do in Europe because they're doing something right in Europe. All the guys that are making it here from Europe are all around great skilled players. It's fun to watch, right? Like Nikola uh, Jokic, he doesn't even care about basketball, and he's the best player in the world. So right. this is something that American basketball uh, should be, you know, really evaluating. If you look at the all the mock drafts for this year on the NBA draft, I think the top 10, seven of them are foreign born players or G League players. Um, so that is a, a potential issue for USA basketball. But I, I again, I added this when we were talking about the the uh, the tournament, the in season tournament which I thought was a good updated, you know, something different for the NBA, especially the courts. They were fun that I've obviously added some social media presence for them. But I do think this is where you marry the two. I mentioned this before. I think the best thing you could do for that in-season tournament is figure out a way logistically to get the champions from Europe and the champions from other other countries, right? The highest level leagues, the French league, the Italian league, the Greek league, all of those leagues and have them come over here and play in that tournament and give the exposure. I think that's the second idea that would change the game and make it even better. That would make it really global though. Right? How, how cool would that be that the in season tournament is just like, like that idea. it's just like uh, UEFA, 
like for soccer, right? You have all the champion Champions League playing each other. And the PTD group, right? Like having the, the five of us here run a team. That'd be cool. That would be good. I was just surprised to hear that Steve didn't like the butt humping up and down the court. I thought that was something that would excite him and get him engaged in the game. Like, hey, come check this out. This game is great. You know, like I just was surprised by that. But, but you see, right? Like Drew Holiday's defense is digging his hip into your hip. How's his defense? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Dean deserves five to ten points on that one. Well yeah. done, Dean. Yeah. I, like I caught that and didn't go for it. Dean went after it. I love it. The part I said, I didn't like it. I oh, didn't like it. Sure. Yeah, no, I was surprised. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised that you didn't like it. I thought you'd be extremely excited by it. And uh, all right, see more okay, we're gonna have to really clean up this bench. What do you say, Stratton? That's what they all say. You know, like you know, like all those people in government who are coming after the gays, and then it turns out they're having like all these gay sex parties. That's, that's <laughs> thank you, right thank you. All right, so submit all your complaints to at Strat Daddy. That's S T R A T T. Ask your daddy. Some all your complaints. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I didn't right, did not expect that question to take that turn. Uh, thank you, Dean, for that one. We're going to go into the next one. And act like that didn't happen. Uh, last question of the day: With Bitcoin being being just being under sixty k for nearly two years and now rebounding to over sixty k, what investment have you held on for a long time, finally making a return? And I'm gonna add in: You can also say, did Steve make a good investment with his NFT? Uh, Stratton, we're gonna lead you off. <laughs> Steve made the best investment that he could at that point in time with the NFT. You know, I'll back him up on that. But I think for me personally, I'm not a boomer like Leon, where I'm holding on to stuff forever, to where I can like see if this one was a stinker and then it went up. In all reality, the number one best investment I've ever made that I've held on to is myself and sticking into business. Because every other day, I'm like, man, should I be doing this shit? This shit is really, really hard. But sticking in the game, getting a return on my skills and everything else. And then I'd say the second best investment has been investing in my network and friend group to where I've had over the last month, I've had like a two hour conversation with Dean. I've talked to Steve like three different times about some things I'm going through as far as a decision I want to make in a company. And it, having those friends and investing in that network, because I wouldn't have known Steve unless I would have used my tax return to go to his first event. And that was still an investment that paid off. That is my entire network has come from that event. And anybody in the real estate space, if I want to talk to them, I can, I'm only one person away. I can send someone a text message like, Hey, I'd love to talk to so-and-so and I can get put in a group chat. You know, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, Steve was talking about the button grind and last video, last question. And the first question you, Stratton, were talking about your guys' talks and Stratton once again, talked about the talks that are so great. I'm a little skeptical <laughs> of you two. We're going to go over to Dean. <laughs> So I, I, whoever came up with this question saying that it's been nearly two years that they waited to see a Bitcoin rebound <laughs> well is clearly someone in like Gen Alpha or something like that, <laughs> half of their life. Because for me, waiting long term for a return is everything, <clears throat> everything I've done in my life. Uh, just like Stratton, like investing in myself investing in my wholesaling and flipping business, investing in my rentals. Nothing was overnight. It all took time. I made mistakes throughout the, the journey. And because I stuck with it and didn't give up, I'm where I'm at now. 
And if I think back in terms of two years, if it didn't work out in two years, I'm going to switch gears and, and, uh, burn the boats, man, I would have, I would have been work and stuck, stuck. I would have been stuck at a nine to five job and would have never got to where I hoped and dreamed. I like that, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if Dean gave up his real estate dreams and just went back to his nine to five of playing for the Chargers, oh, how awful that would have been. Oh, just the worst. I, I would be dead already. <laughs> uh, so for myself, uh, we got this thing over here, right? It was not such a good investment. I'm still waiting, still waiting for it to come back. Uh, but you know, real estate, we all talk about like, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Right. That's been said forever. Uh, my primary residence, I bought it for 290. It went down to 150, right? In the in that recession between 2008 and 2011, we stuck around, right? And now it's worth 500 if I held on to it. I sold it when I upgraded my home, but it went up, right? When I sold it, it was for a profit. So real estate, I mean, is there's not a better investment than buying real estate and waiting. Okay. Like that answer, uh, Leon. Well, first, we've established that that horrible NFT behind Steve is it was a horrible investment, but the best flex ever, um, based upon how much money he made that year. So we we know it's a flex, and we can appreciate <laughs> it on this show. Um, the Dean, you're so right. Whoever wrote this is twenty in their twenties because two years, two years, ten percent of their life, right? Um, you know, I think back to, uh, and there's going to be some people that are watching this that are still in their W two, that are investing in real estate right now and looking to make that jump. And here's one outside of investing in myself. Uh, while I was at that W two, I did every match that I possibly could on a four hundred one k. In 2008, I saw that 401k go from a decent six-figure number to a half of that number overnight. And then three years later, when I left corporate America, I had some of that money come back, but nowhere near it where it was in 2007. So 11 years I had put into that 401k, 11 years. Um, and I could not control any bit of that. The market controlled uh, what I made what I didn't make on that particular uh, investment strategy. When I left that, guess what I rolled it into? I rolled it into real estate. I now control that long-term investment and I'm seeing a much better return today. Yeah. And then just, you know, yeah, that was a stupid purchase, but it did turn into the whale club, right? Like it did turn into connecting with another guy that yeah. was in the blockchain. And Leon connected Paul Sparks and myself. And now we got the Whale Club. And the Whale Club is uh, one of the most exciting things because we actually get to help business owners and entrepreneurs grow their businesses the right way versus how we mostly do it, which is the rush way <laughs> and the bloody mess, throwing spaghetti uh, at the Isn't wall. Isn't that interesting that a, that a digital currency infatuation <laughs> is what I'll call it, between you and others within the community turned into something that was more about doing what you want to do in life versus doing more. Isn't that interesting mm -hmm. how that transitioned? Yeah, it was the exact opposite, right? Chasing <laughs> more. <laughs> yes. Chasing more yeah. led me to figure out, oh, I should stop chasing more. <laughs> yeah, so that NFT is not as useless as, as Strat Daddy thinks it is.
Yeah. It is now more valuable than the cost of the canvas. <laughs> yes. That's something. I mean, it's, it's worth it. It's fucking two crazy. whole years, Dean. Two whole years. <laughs> two years is the two long was... years. <laughs> the two years thing kind of blew me away. I was like, man, I haven't held anything. Like two years doesn't change anything. And like, no, any... no. I didn't no. know what to compare it to. I was like, the... we have we've held rentals for like three, four years. I'm like, we aren't seeing a massive change. No. You. I you... think you guys need to stop attacking Aaron. Be nice to Aaron. He stepped in his last minute sub. Be nicer to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, two years can make a difference, right? If you are uh, in 2006 and you bought about a bunch of houses here in Florida, um, two years makes a big difference for you, right? 2008 comes around and uh, all of a sudden, every one of those you can't pay for anymore. So two years can make a difference. But when it comes to your life and what you're investing in, it's, it's a blip. Yeah, I would still trade to be the person who thinks two years is a long time. I'd rather be that person, right? <laughs> All the wisdom at this age, or just to be 25 again, I think I'll still pick, uh, I'll pick 25 again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two years, that's a thats a standard RJ Bates <laughs> answer on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so. we uh, somehow have a tie. I don't know how that happened. And to be fair, everyone's asking who made this question. I'm almost 25, so he has a wannabe 25. <laughs> almost. almost, almost. I'm like a month. 24 and a half. Almost. 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 That's what my six-year-old says. I'm 24 and a half. No, no, no. I'm over a half. Um, trust me, I'm not not ready to get there. So two years to me was a long time. Yes, 100. Two years to me was 100 a long time. But we have a tie Nearly here. Nearly two years. Nearly two. I don't know who I want to give it to. We have Steve or Leon. Uh, one one of these guys cuts my check. The other guy is a Wichita State fan. So I don't know. Oh, not fa- not just fan. I'm an alumnus now. Come that on. That is true. That is true. Uh, but you didn't play for them. Wait, hold no. up. Before you make this, go ahead. The only way Leon's able to win is if Dean's able to join CG. Uh, and also, didn't Steve or was it Leon that I think it was Leon gave me an extra five to ten points? Did that yeah, come from I, his I point? personally? I, 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 don't, I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how this I works. Did, I didn't, I didn't I know back up Leon's extra five points, but I, still. Be, I bequeath him five of my points. How about <laughs> I didn't know you passed. <laughs> So I'm, I'm I didn't guess- know we're, we're dealing with Leon's inheritance here. All right. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that you were actually giving him your five points, but it sounds like the panel the panel's going with Leon here, and I'm no I'm- no no. no. The only no. way Leon can I win the exact opposite. can join CG. Oh, you're right. You're right. The only way it's possible. No. Uh, I veto veto veto. I give Dean my points, so therefore Dean wins. Yeah. See, I won. I knew it. <laughs> All right. So you, you I'm you, so confused. Is it slam? Is it slander? Or is it libel? I don't know what it is that Dean did, but he can't win by slandering <laughs> the guys. Reminding uh, everybody what happened earlier with all the great points uh, I made in, in the, the, you're the just reminiscing. All right, so, upon me. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to step here and veto. So I'm going to give the win to Steve this week. Even though you guys are all wanted to be to Dean, this is not this is not favoritism at all. This is not favoritism at all. It is not favoritism at all. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to go and go to the outro. Admitted it earlier. (laughs) 
It's because we liked your question, bro. That's what it is. It's because we all shit on his question. No, I'm not, I'm not offended by the question. If anything, if anything, it made me feel good. You're like, if two years is a long time, you must be young. Yeah, two years is a long time for me. So, yeah. That's, this, that is a total 24 and a half year old response. That's what that is. I'm over 24 and a half. It's like, it's, it's in April, so it's like a month. Anyway, it's going to outro. Steve, Steve, said, Steve said he wanted a BM too, so he's just, he's just, he's getting extra points. Oh my gosh. This is bullshit, bro. It's rigged. It's rigged. Uh, why don't you go why make a documentary, on? Stratton, about the mule and PTD? Why don't you go do that? <laughs> 2020mulepcd.com. That's what Stratton's gonna go record. I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shit from RJ too for this. So go ahead, Steve. Uh, <laughs> you can go ahead and start with the outros. Yeah, I mean, uh, fun show. We got to talk a lot more than I thought we would. You know, with with uh, some of the questions, we we're able to go take some tangents. Um, and, and I guess we surprised Leon again. I, I feel like every time we do this show, Leon learns a little bit more about myself. That yep. surprises him and kind of disappoints him. I can see that that father, uh, the look I used to get from my dad. I kind of see that in Leon's face, uh, but it's fine. It's fine. I don't need therapy. Uh, so fun show today. Um, got to uh, really see Dean, Captain America, for the first time. And I promise you, Stratton and I will continue to figure out how we can blackmail you. You can try. Keep trying. Steven Stratton is the weirdest relationship I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Leon, <laughs> please go ahead. Stratton, Dean, great to see you both again. Uh, I'm getting a little worried about my friend over here, Steve. I'm pretty sure after all we talked about earlier, Dean, uh, with the basketball reference that you talked about, he just called me his daddy. So I'm going to leave it there. Great to see you all. Have a great rest of your week. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, Stratton, please say bye to the people. To start it off, give me Trump or give me death, boys, as always. And then C Dean Rogers belongs in CG. I, I got to make like a grandstanding. It, Working on it. It's ridiculous that he is not in there. Like some random dude could veto him for no reason. Like the oligarchy, the oldness of it, it's ridiculous. Dean Rogers <laughs> deserves to be there. Besides that, we got the Deal Champ Summit coming up on April 19th and 20th. That's Steve cool. won't be there, but RJ Bates will. Leon, we'd love to have you. And we're going to have some of the best operators in the real estate space come to talk about everything under the sun real estate. And if you guys need any VAs for your company, go to virtualhelp.io. I'm glad you were able to settle for RJ. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dean, please say bye to the people. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, shout out for Deal Champs Summit. You guys can check it out. Dealchamps.com. Uh, dealchamps.com forward slash summit to check out the event. Uh, it's going to be incredible, but great to be back. Uh, I'm just, I'm really trying to envision uh, Steve and Strat giggling like little schoolgirls, like uh, Steve said. Um, that's going to haunt me through the rest of the day. I'm going to try to get a really good workout, lift something heavy to just flush it out of my system. So uh, yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, you know, Captain America signing off. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And just one more plug, right? Deal champs. You guys should definitely check it out. Right. I mean, we, we give, we give these Stratton a lot of crap, right. But I think what Stratton's doing, what Dean's doing, what you guys are all doing with, with deal champs, you know, if you guys listen to this, you guys, especially if you're in the California area, you guys should definitely go check it out. Thank you, Steve. -O. 100%. Well, thank you guys. It was a fun show to you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed as much as we had recording it. And see you guys next week.